6.50 a.m. Second Tremor Above ground Los Angeles' 464-square-mile land base, nestled snugly around the Santa Monica and San Pedro Bays, moved again. It was slight, almost unfelt, like a deeply released, contented sigh from a lover in warm slumber. It was quick, but it was there, a gentle reminder of the plate scientists spoke of as being below ground which at times acted like the vertebrae in the backbone of the San Andreas Fault, moving ever so slightly until one slipped. People on the streets, in cars and buses on their way to work, felt little or no sensation. Vibrations from the earth had less effect on moving objects, and the autos of L.A. moved like quicksilver down the avenues and freeways. Only stationary people and objects registered the tremor. No one was too terribly alarmed. No one became hysterical. In fact, the population showed remarkable calm. After all, it was only one more tremor, certainly not as common as smog or traffic jams in the city, but almost as acceptable a phenomena of life in L.A. as the rest. On the breakfast terrace at the L.A. Hilton, Dr. Michael McCain was growing steadily more impatient and angrier with his unarrived guest. A Dr. Casey Stearns Marie noticed the activity outside and realized with rising excitement that Leo was gazing at her with renewed respect. He got on the communicator and gently asked what stage of preparation she was at. Almost completed. Only a few minutes now, Leo, she replied. Let me finish. Of course, Marie. But you must know how terribly concerned Arthur and I are for you. She smiled behind the visor, but he could not see it. Then there was an enormous shaking. The acrylic glass between them shimmied in and out between the black steel supports. The countertop vibrated. Manfred shook. Marie felt a force swim through her suit like an eel had been let loose inside her every organ. She caught sight of Arthur shouting, pounding against the console as he lost his footing and fell. Leo was holding tight to a table, but it bobbed and shook with him. Concrete explosions began at the walls, loud enough for Marie to hear. Steel girders groaned like dying men. Both Leo and Arthur were gone, disappeared, perhaps pinned to the floor, perhaps crushed beneath the heavy equipment, perhaps dead. Marie felt she was alone, truly alone. She felt trapped inside the suit, inside the chamber that might be her only hope of survival. But she would only survive if there were someone left alive outside to get her out. She screamed for Arthur, trying to get a response. She screamed for Leo. The rupture of the concrete floor outside the chamber was her only answer pushing up boulders that slammed against the acrylic glass, which so far held. Then she saw the ripple of a small crack move across the interior of the chamber floor like a lightning bolt, and she knew the chamber was already being infiltrated by air and bacteria that was combining with the virulent material on the countertop. She saw a stream of smoky air spurting in through a seam between the acrylic glass and the steel girder over her head. The crack on the floor ruptured wide, Manfred tilting over into it. 
the deadly new life form on the counter jumped up and down like a child's wind-up toy, reaching to the edge and striking the floor as Marie screamed for help. Only the noises of destruction answered. The ceiling falling, walls caving in, the floor bursting. There was nowhere to hide, no place to run.